0: Welcome, Sam. Really, really great to have you here. Thank you for joining. Um, I was super appreciative when you said you would uh, come and join us on the podcast. So welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely love your streams. And uh, Richie sang your praises and was so hyped to be doing your podcast. When you asked me, how could
0: I say no? Richie podcast was awesome. And yeah, that's that's obviously how we met, isn't it? Right? We we met through Richie Two T's his stream. that
1: we met. Yeah. If we raided, if he raided you, or you just said, well, you come into his stream, and then he was like, oh, Sam, you should check out Dan. You'll like his stuff. And I did. I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. And here we are now. It's um, it's been um, maybe a few months, I guess. But um, I I, I know kind of. We, I guess we came back into contact more over the last few weeks and I sat in your streams and um, I got the feeling that you talked a lot about your mental health. So I just kind of put it out there and said, Hey, what? Well, do you want to join the podcast? And you kind of jumped to the chance. So um, I'm really grateful.
1: Yeah, no worries. And I always put the mental health tag on my streams, exactly that. So just so people are aware that I might be talking about it or if they want to talk about it, they can, you know.
0: Yeah, that's nice. So why don't, why don't we start just by kind of introducing yourself. Um, so you go by the name Sam the Bard.
1: I do indeed, so Sam being my actual name and the Bard <laughs> being the fact that I've been the Bard of two towns, uh, Northampton and Stony Stratford, um, following the ancient Bardic tradition that um, Shakespeare took to become the Bard of Stratford-upon-Avon. So I've been you know, the official poet of two places, uh, Bardship lasts a year and a day. Very old-fashioned, um, but I use that as my stage name. As I'm a performance poet, um, so that, yeah. So leading segueing from that, here's um, a poem to show you what I mean. Cool. And this, which I read, uh, and was one of the ones which I used in the bardic trials for my very first bardship.
0: So you have trials to be the bard.
1: Yeah, you, have to, you have to pass the bardic trials, which are basically uh, competitive poetry. It's probably one of the earliest forms of like poetry slams, if you will. Wow. I'm excited. I can't see it now. Oh, oh there it is. Sorry. Quad shot. Um, <laughs> I'm also the um, Milton Keynes uh, 2019 Slam champion. It's my goal. That's my trophy. It's the first uh, poetry slam I entered. Wow. But yeah, for the body. you have uh, competitive poems I and mean, then Uh, A bard's different to a laureate in that it's chosen by the people. So you do have a table of judges, but the judges' votes count just as much as random woman in the crowd, random guy in the crowd, random kid in the crowd. So everyone votes, and you're decided by the people. And it's like an official arts position, like you you get some recognition, a little bit of um, grant money, set up events and stuff. Very cool.
0: So you are the rock of poetry. People's champion.
1: People's champion. Yeah, man. So um, this is my favourite poem and one of the first I wrote, and it's called H.G. Wells. One because he's an awesome author and I love his uh, his, his books, um, and also because um, it's nice to show off sometimes. So the first stanza, the first verse, is entirely reworded H.G. Wells quotes, and then the rest of it is entirely my own words. Okay. So here goes. This is HG Wells. Just reminded me that I need to. It's actually a message
0: from I thought it was HG... Uh, HG Wells calling you. Then it was a text message. <laughs> this is HG Wells.
1: <laughs> Apparently, if you and me men- you and I mentioned Richie ts enough, he will message. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I want to be a time traveler. I want to break the post-battle quiet to witness Energy's fate, artful and erotic to grieve the dream of human intellect. To adapt or perish is nature's imperative. To go past the beginning of the beginning, I want to see all that is and has been, to be but the twilight of the dawn, a painfully real dream. I want to be a time traveler. I want to see landscapes lost, to step on sun-kissed shores, to walk with ancient wonders and with dinosaurs. I want to go back to that moment, that second, the instant before you didn't need me anymore. And I want to be a time traveller. I want to have that feeling again. To read old pages fresh, not knowing the end. To listen to all our songs, still not knowing it then. To kiss you, not knowing if you'll kiss me too. I want eternity in every first time. I want to be a time traveller. I want to awaken to a new world. Every day a different place, every night a different sky. To have your head upon my chest, every day and every night. I want to wake up next to you, just so I can hold you tight. I want to be a time traveller. I want to be the doctor, to heal my past pains away, to run, steal a TARDIS from Gallifrey, to watch sand in the breeze, to learn from Socrates. I want to expand my mind so that maybe I could know yours. And I want to be a time traveller. I want to know who shot Kennedy and to avert my eyes from foolish Nero's fiery demise. Oh, and hide Guy Fawkes's little surprise. But please, no more lies. I want to know the truth. I want to be a time traveller. I want to go to a world brand new, to when we were just primordial goo, before we'd corrupted all that was true and blue, to sit and watch an untouched view. I want to spend forever in the days I fell for you. And I want to be a time traveller. I want to take you with me to the future we'll go, to see our children grow and watch our family flow, all to make that smile glow. But no, there's something you need to know. I want to be a time traveller. I want to do it all again. Tell every joke that made you laugh and take every tear I caused you back. But knowing every word you spat in anger, hate and petty crap, add the echo of truth to that. And I want to be a time traveller. I want to say it for all to see, to feel how much you meant to me, to live a life lost memory. But to save you from the pain of me, I ignored this last verse of poetry. Put aside my final line, knowing that every single time I want to be a time traveller, what I want more is time with her
0: wow it's very powerful very deep thank you glad you like it there's 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 a there's a lot in there i think Uh, does it kind of speak um a lot to kind of who you are as a person i guess
1: very much so um so it came about originally due to conversations with friends where you sat around going if you were a time traveller, what would you want to do? And honestly, the first thing I said was to go back in time. I want to see places that aren't there anymore. Library of Alexandria, I want to see dinosaurs. I want to you know, I want to see the pyramids as they as they, when, when they were fresh and new and have whatever colour paint they had on them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then it, me being a bit of a romantic, that's why I then took that personal approach on every single verse as well. And then, as happens when you don't actually study poetry and you just write. It turns out I inadvertently wrote the whole thing in iambic pentameter. Okay. Which is,
0: which is cool. Is that uh, an iconic font?
1: It's uh, like a metre a of a poem structured. so it goes like an up-down. Like it goes da dum dum dum
0: uh-huh.
1: so It's meant to be the natural cadence of the English language. Um, all of like Shakespeare's sonnets are written in iambic pentameter, as an example.
0: Okay. So obviously, poetry is. It seems like it's your your first love, right?
1: I, it is. It was. And then a horrible teacher at school, um, when I showed her my poems at the tender age of sixteen, said that I would never be a poet. What? <laughs> wow. And, uh, that broke me for a good, a good ten years, nearly <laughs> eight years. It wasn't until I was like twenty six, I started before I started writing and performing again, and well, I never performed before that. And it was thanks to a friend who wrote a cappella hip hop bars. Um, he was like, "Oh, you should read your poems on stage," and I was like, it? When you do your hip hop on stage, I'll do mine. And he was like, "Fine." He called my bluff, and he went on stage first, so I had to do it. And then yeah, i have now been a double bard, a slam champion. Cool. I'm officially registered. I'm officially a war poet for the Milton Keynes Living Archive. It got funded by the National Lottery. Like you know, one of their history projects to write a piece for like of war culture for the area.
0: Wow. So it, it's it, and it's still something that kind of is a big part of your life today, I guess.
1: Yeah, and as soon as all the lockdown restrictions are lifted, um, I'm going to be uh, hosting a poetry and acapella hip-hop open mic night called um, Bards and Bars, I think it's called. Something along those lines. Bards and Beats, maybe, I'm not sure.
0: Bars and Beats, that that's nice. I like that. Um, I would come if I was anywhere close to you, but unfortunately I'm not right now. <laughs>
1: you mean you won't fly? <laughs>
0: Uh, maybe soon, maybe soon. Um, so I guess, have you been able to kind of fulfill your performan- uh, performances when it comes to, like you used to performing poetry, but is that why you moved to streaming? So you could perform in another capacity?
1: No, it's not actually. So I was, uh, I go through fits and bursts with my performing due to the, mental health stuff sometimes be for, for a long periods of time the anxiety gets too much and like i, I can't go on stage because it's very exposing and the content of my poems is is very honest so you know it's yeah if i'm not feeling all right it can be hard to get on stage and then with the lockdowns and not being able to get on stage as that is once you can get over the fear it really does help all the anxiety all the depression all those things once you're on stage I don't know, something people don't really tell you is that getting an applause for something you've written from a crowd is one of the best feelings you can ever have in the world. It just... It's pure validation, but in a real positive way. It's, it's just, you're just there, you're being yourself, you're, you're being very open, and people clap. And it's, it, it takes away a lot of, lot of the negative feelings in a very immediate fashion. Um, and not having that outlet since all the lockdowns and the pandemic has been hard. I've not been able to write, couple coupled with writer's block and not being able to go on stage. It's, it felt like my outlet of poetry was no longer uh, an outlet. And then during throughout discussions before pandemic with um, Richie, uh, he thought I might be quite good at streaming. And uh, it was something that we've been playing around with and he said that one of the main reasons he started was to help with the mental health side of things. Hmm. Was, when when things got rough and stuff, I was like, okay, well, worked for, for his mental health, maybe it can help mine. So when I was able to in lockdown, which was end of November last year, start started streaming and it's helped hugely. It's I've been able to meet people and I've been able to perform. We've got a, a channel redemption, make the Bard perform and it gets redeemed almost every stream at least once. That's me reading a poem, and I love it, it's really fun. It's a, it's a way to perform without without a lot of the stresses, and then even when I'm not doing poetry, I do get a, a similar bleeding off of the anxieties and depression, I get a, a real passive energy boost. I always think of it in terms of spoons, so streaming definitely gives me more spoons than I start the day with to get through the day. You familiar with the whole mental health spoons?
0: No, no, I'm not. Educate me.
1: Uh, so it was a friend of mine, Faye, uh, she, uh, she told me about it um, initially. And it's effectively in any given day, you've got X number of spoons and a spoon is like your emotional energy. Mm. So we are getting out of bed, is it, it, that's a spoon you know doing all your self-care and things about that, that use of spoons and in some days you only have enough spoons to do those essential things mm. and that's fine and then it's about recognizing what activities are emotionally draining and and knowing if you've got the spoons to deal with it effectively so like going out shopping at tesco's if you, you know for me that's a couple of spoons you know so if i've woken up and i just had enough to get out of bed and brush my teeth and have a shower can't really do that task but then streaming it seems to give me an, an emotional energy boost so quite often i'll stream and then go do adulting <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: okay that's great yeah yeah it sounds like not only can you fulfill some of your um i guess creative or performing um I did
1: some gamers have put it in terms of hp so that's a bit, it just becomes, <laughs> yeah how much hp you've got <laughs>
0: gives you yeah it gives you hp boost i like that so yeah you've been streaming since november um you obviously are able to give something unique in those streams because you deliver your performances um your poetry you also juggle i see you playing around with some juggling balls yeah. there
1: a good way it's a good like a, a fidgeter by nature so they're a handy way of dealing with the fidgeting and also. It's how I sort of celebrate when people come into the chat. Just give them a, if they, if they become a followers and join the Bardic Troopers, give them a cheeky juggle. Try nice. And a little...
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never really given it time, but I'm not very good at juggling at all, so. <laughs> um,
1: it's fun. I was taught to juggle by a, a travelling group of performers as a child.
0: Oh, wow. Was... <laughs> There's a story in there.
1: Yeah. Broadstairs, they do like folk week, and yeah. I used to spend
0: my summers as a kid. Wow, sounds, sounds like there's a lot, lot to talk about here.
1: <laughs> yeah, got, we haven't even got onto gaming yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: Well, that's, that's going to be my segue because obviously performing is a big part of your life, whether, whether it's poetry or, or juggling. <laughs> um, what kind of role has gaming played in, in your life?
1: Yeah, ever since I can remember, I've been playing computer games. Um, the first console I had was um, Sega Mega Drive when I was six. Um, I remember it was my mum played it, got it, and played through Sonic, and got really annoyed when I played through Sonic, but completed it with all the gems. <laughs> annoyed that a six-year-old could do something an adult couldn't. So, I've just loved games, uh, whether it be Game Boys and Pokemon. Um, I've been a PlayStation fanboy since they come out, done my fair share of PC gaming, was a WoW nerd, WoW head back in the day, raiding and such through various expansions. Um, So yeah, lots of gaming, it's always been there, it's always been an escape, always been a way to have fun. And it's also been a way to make friends. So my my social group, a lot of us initially became friends because of the guild we were in, in in World of Warcraft then we did what we would call real-life raids, where we would just meet up for a barbecue or a pint. (laughs) And, yeah, we've been friends for 12, 13 years now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I think I hear it a lot on this podcast that one of the biggest positives of gaming is the community and the friendships that have been kind of made. So, yeah, I would... Um, I personally, my experience was that I would play solo quite a lot in my younger years and it was only through streaming that actually I kind of made friends through gaming. I've always felt when I was growing up that kind of gaming, even up to a kind of a few years ago, that gaming was kind of a thing you shouldn't really talk about because not a lot of people, um, I guess... I um, think it's a good thing that you play video games, so I always kind of held it in myself.
1: Oh, that's that's not cool Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: I know. But now gaming um, is cool, so you can talk about it again.
1: I remember me and, me and my friends at school, we had a conversation that went on for, for literal years discussing Final Fantasy 7. Days before the internet, you know, where you had to just find stuff out on your own, you know, we spent Months and months working out how to beat Ruby Weapon. <laughs> um, I guess a lot of the games I used to love are single player. Like Final Fantasy was the first game I ever did an accidental all-nighter on. Final Fantasy 8, when I borrowed it from a friend's brother, started playing it after dinner. And the next thing I heard was my mum saying, Get ready for school. And I'm like, No. Nah. <laughs> it was in the morning. I <laughs> just hadn't slept, so I just played it all night. Wow. So I love games, I and mean, especially with online games. When we were uh, at school, I remember we we started the MMO thing. Well, I'm not even sure if you call it an MMO, but Diablo 2, way back when. And then like Guild Wars, we played as a social group. And then we moved on to World of Warcraft. And then there was I I um, don't oh, know, in between those, I think it might be, not during. So I took breaks from some of them because You can only replay one MMO at a time. They're so, like, absorbing. Me and my whole social group got on the um, Star Wars Old Republic when that came out. Mm -hmm. And I can remember everyone bringing their PCs or laptops around to my friend's house. Um, So, bear in mind, we must have been, like, 20 or something. Um, 24 or something. And, yeah, we're just all in his living room, eight of us, with various laptops and PCs. The heat in that room was absurd. (laughs) I bet. It was all just there, like headsets on, just loads of snacks and stuff. Just like, I want to be a Jedi? Or, I want to be a Sif. Like, give me a lightsaber.
0: <laughs> I bet the smell in that room was also um, something to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was probably not. Maybe <laughs> something your memory just blanks out. It's
0: too yeah. painful. Anyone's, anyone's mum comes into the room and they're like, "Oh my goodness, I've got to leave. It smells like sweaty boys."
1: Uh, the worst thing is we were we were all adults at this point so we we're all working adults so it was just a cool it's friday we're just not going to move from this room until we have to leave on monday morning for work
0: <laughs> okay that's cool that's cool yeah adults you can make you can you can hang around Wait. in a room for, for the whole weekend that's absolutely fine uh, what's up? Yeah. so you, you've you talked a little bit kind of um about how st- streaming and gaming have been pretty good for your mental health is there any ever been any kind of negatives i mean maybe staying up all night and <laughs> playing a video game is is not not something we would recommend on a daily basis but um is it has has it all been good or has there been any you know, bad habits that have cropped up through that
1: um yeah when it's not productive escapism when you're using it to procrastinate You know, it's, it can be good to, like, especially some of the things I learned from the therapy to to deal with with, with my mental health problems, is uh, it's really positive to to give yourself little wins, whether that be reading a chapter of a book, doing the washing up, completing a quest in a game or something like that. That releases, you know, a hit of dopamine or serotonin, whichever one it is, the, the, the happy brain chemical yeah and that gives you a bit of a boost and can pull you out of the negative spiral and um, so I, playing games is a very helpful thing for mental health things in that sense but it's really bad when you go cool actually i'm just going to do this only this and not go to the bank not go to the post i not make this important phone call not feed myself not wash you know and that's where it can be bad because it's it's such an effective escapism for me that I can get so absorbed, totally focused that the day has gone and that's unhealthy. you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're speaking for a lot of people there because I've certainly done it before in the past. Um, you just kind of, you get stuck in something and you, yeah, you don't, you don't want to come out of it because the, you know, there's some other things that you need to, or should be doing and uh, you just want to put them off.
1: You know, IRL is unfortunately so real a lot of us all the time. It can be a lot to deal with, you know, dealing with a world which isn't real and is completely understandable and dealable is often preferable to the chaos that we have around us, the never-ending existential dread.
0: Right. Okay. Well, maybe that's a good segue. I mean, you've talked a little bit about kind of depression and anxiety and, um you 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 mentioned that you i guess you do you see a a therapist um what is it that might have kind of caused all these these, these problems for you
1: so yeah sorry you know that i've not actually mentioned it uh, so far so yeah my actual diagnosis as it were um is for is ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder right Um, okay two of the main symptoms from that are um the generalized anxiety disorder and sort of chronic depression um, until the PTSD is really gone I, w- I won't know if those things are purely symptoms or something else as well but um, effectively what 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 triggered all this or, or what set it all off was um, when I was when I was a teenager I was um, I was unfortunately uh, the victim of of a rape, and being 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 still sort of a you know a child's mind, I, I I pushed it all down and it didn't happen. That was a that was a bad dream. That that couldn't happen to me. I'm a strong, athletic lad. You know that's not it's not what happens to strong, athletic lads. You tell yourself, and and I basically did the most unhealthy thing you can do in that. But it's something you have no control over. Is didn't happen, it wasn't a thing. Push it down, lock it away. And it was fully locked away until about five, four or five years ago. I was working at the Open University and um, had been promoted to a job I didn't really want. I'd gone from working in um, advising students and prospective students and what what they could study and generally felt like I was helping people every day, excuse me, and then they moved me to um, being an exam manager and setting up exams and I felt like I was helping no one for none of the days Uh, and I was also in charge of people then and, and it all got a lot and I wasn't, I'm not a manager person, I don't deal well telling people what to do, that's not my bag at all and all this pressure got up and up and up and I had a a mental breakdown at work and following this mental breakdown that that trauma resurfaced and there's no way to push it down once it resurfaced it's very much there and it come back so strongly that I was experiencing flashbacks uh, and rumination uh, uh, are two of the biggest uh, daily hurdles for for my PTSD Um, and yeah, so after that happened, I was, I was unable to work and I was basically unable to leave the house for, for nearly a year after after that happened before I could sort of get it under control, as it were. I um, uh, did a couple of courses of cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's what really helped. That's what really helped Got me to the point where I can talk about it. And part of that therapy is reliving the trauma and you have to relive that trauma a lot. You have to, uh, almost like guided hypnosis, where you, you go back and you, you actually find out details that you, you even weren't consciously aware of, but, that you knew. And you deal with it and you overlay it with a, you, you take control of the narrative when you're reliving it. Part of the therapy is to take control of the narrative. And the aim of which is, the way I was, it was explained to me, is the trauma is like this huge, memory it's trying to be processed it's like a square peg trying to get into a circular hole mm. and by reliving it and using these therapeutic techniques to control take control of the narrative of it you're basically you, you every day by you know in tiny tiny amounts you're getting it smaller and smaller until your brain can process it and it's still always going to be a traumatic event but once it can be processed i'm i, I suppose i should stop having flashbacks and these things when, if, I'm, if I'm triggered, uh, it's usually when I'm, I'm going to sleep is my high triggering time, because that's when I'm losing consciousness, and that's how it happened. I was drugged. Um, so when, I lose con- when I'm lose when i close to losing consciousness, that's when they, they kick in. Um, so by dealing with it, eventually it'll get to the point where that's not a trauma, and those aren't flashbacks, and my brain can process that, that event. And to that extent, I, I do my cognitive behavioral therapy every day. It's the first thing I do actually when I wake up. Have my have my coffee, a bit of brekkie, and then the next hour hour and a half is cognitive to behavioural therapy where I go to my safe 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 place and basically yeah emotionally shore myself up for the day. Do that little bit it takes every day to help me deal with the trauma. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, that's I, I don't know thank you for sharing i think i think there's first,
1: probably <laughs> first time i talked about it in some form of public forum as well but it's been able to do this the therapist says is a is a positive step forward yeah was to to a person at the first, at you know two years ago was impossible you know
0: yeah uh, yeah i'm really grateful i'm kind of really proud that you've been able to yeah you you've obviously gone through a lot and locked it all away and now it's kind of how, how long did you lock it away for? Maybe kind of more than ten years.
1: Yeah, uh, eleven, eleven, twelve
0: years. Yeah, I mean that's that's tough. I can't begin to imagine what you've what you've been through. Um, you when you when you say you you locked it away, what was it kind of there forgotten, or was it always in the back of your mind, it kind of coming up? But you just you just learned to kind of push it away
1: no it was so weirdly enough the whole there was a whole period of time that that where that event happened which was just blank right so I wow. my brain had just gone nope you are too young you cannot process this this didn't happen to you I wasn't consciously aware of it not suppressing it it just was suppressed. Wow. Um, it took going back and being able, even with the therapist in the, in the early stages of that, it had to unpick it. It took a lot to be able to even then to say that it happened to me. It was, but I actually went to the therapist. I didn't realize I was having flashbacks to this event. I I, I just thought I was still having a mental breakdown and it was it was through therapy which was initially just for depression and anxiety the the, the therapist was like okay this this isn't that this this is something else this is you're showing all the signs of PTSD um but from the what I described you know a a meeting going bad with a manager isn't an isn't a an event that causes this level of PTSD Uh, and then it it come out it, every yeah, it, it then got unpicked and the memory once it was exposed it was it was still a after that it became a conscious effort to not lie to myself i'd still find for you know a few months afterwards that the times in between my therapy sessions if I if I was presented with something that reminded me or that caused me to think of those things, it would just be easier to say, that didn't happen to, to you, Sam. I didn't, you know, that's not that's not real. And that is a powerful thing to say to yourself, it's not real. If you've spent most of your life believing that, that that's not real, but it's it's not healthy, and it, all that's gonna happen is it's gonna then burst out again and who knows when. In an even more dramatic fashion, or it will just result in depression, anxiety. Not dealing with these things, you know, it leads you to suicidal thoughts without knowing the why. You know.
0: Yes, if therapy was critical for you to kind of,
1: yeah, I, even I, recognize said, it. I said to a few people, CBT literally saved my life. I, I can. I don't think I'd be able to perform poetry and and talk about it and and be how I am without
0: it right okay and you mentioned you do this this therapy every day um before you kind of do anything else is this is this kind of kind of are you doing this by yourself or
1: by myself um yeah my my safe space is actually a bath okay My whole life, I've always felt safe when I'm surrounded by water or when I'm in, specifically when I'm in water, I feel safe. Love being underwater, love swimming, love being in the sea. You know, even when it gets a bit warmer, I'll be out swimming in the river. Mm. So yeah, water is very much a a safe place for me. So so that's where I go to do the, you know, the cognitive behavioural therapy. You can't help the way you um, feel. Or, um, you know, but you can affect the way you be or what you think, but you can affect how you behave and think. Sorry, I get it mixed up in my head. Basically, it's, it's about learning what you can control and what you can't and breaking the negative patterns that come from that, you know.
0: And because I've I've I'm not too familiar with this, but is it a t- type of meditation? Is it, are you kind of going back yourself through your thoughts? Your... <laughs>
1: feels like a kind of meditation you are going through it so when when we did the like the I like guided meditation sort of thing where I was uh, re- doing the reliving I recorded it I recorded it so my therapist recorded it and I recorded it and then I would listen to it back and that was how I did it at first and then later on in the therapy you recorded it the reliving again but the reliving with the uh, the changed narrative over the top. Um, and one of the, the way they sort of do that is to, it has to be, this is again, all the bits of the therapy are very unique and personalized to whoever's doing it, but we had to find something which I love and feel deeply about, which could make me feel safe in that bad situation, even as a memory. So the way we changed the narrative is that when the event was happening, um, because I wasn't able to, to move, I, in my change narrative, I was astrally, prote- uh, astrally projected. Uh, and there I met, met Gandalf, a kindly old wizard who protects me and is a friend. And, you know, instead of it being a traumatic event, I turned it into an origin story of a, a superhero or that type, you know, almost like a comic book origin story. And in doing so, you're not saying that it didn't happen. You're just saying that you're taking a different thing from it. Almost, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it sounds it sounds almost silly, but it's exceptionally powerful when you do it. And you, explain, you know, it's you. You hear that narrative, and then I now no longer listen to the recordings, but I do go through it in my head, and it's I relive it because I need to be aware that it would it's e- it's always easier to pretend it didn't happen it would always be easier to to push it away to lie to myself to lie to others you know it's that whole thing of how do you feel and just saying fine when you really need to not say that a lot you know <laughs> yeah yeah and so yeah if, if i didn't do my cbt every every day i'd uh, um, at least until the ptsd's you know healed cured whatever which can take years um I'd be worried that I would just take the shortcut and pretend that it didn't happen. And that's that's not good, that's not honest. And I'm a big believer in truth and honesty and it's the poetry and stuff. And so it's, yeah, it's difficult, but it's it's something I'm committed to. And and honestly, one of the things you do in the CBT is you you not only relive, but you also have to do self-care and it's about, you know, boosting yourself up and and taking a bit of time for you which is, is quite easy to do in a bath because it's a relaxing environment so i often have uh, an ipad in, the, in in the room so once i've done my, my cbt portion i'll i'll watch a bit of youtube uh, you know I'll, I'll i'll put on twitch and uh, you know just just watch you know watch a game or you know listen to a podcast you know put on a bit of netflix and all that. take a take a half an hour after the cbt for me for the yeah. self-care and it's incredible how powerful that is as well you know, just for for giving you the the energy for the day
0: yeah that sounds amazing i think self-care is is, is very very important we talked about it on a previous podcast uh, there's many ways or many forms in which self-care can come to life i think so yeah i think that's great I'm just wondering, because I, a lot of what you said there reminded me of the, the poem that you talked talk us through at the beginning of the podcast. Hmm. When was that poem written? Because you talk about n- not wanting to lie um, or wanting the truth and, and stuff like that. So
1: that was written... So that was written when it was still very repressed. Um, right. But... Maybe it's coming out in ways I'd not actually thought of that. Maybe it was coming out in little bits, you know. But I did always respond, uh, you know, due to bad relationships and stuff in the past. I do have a tendency to respond respond quite strongly to to being lied to. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, it sounds like it sounds like whatever you're doing is kind of helping helping you out. Have Have you kind of? um found any other kind of good habits that have i mean this therapy sounds like it's it's very very um instrumental in helping you get through this this ptsd and hopefully um get you through it sooner rather than later um is there anything else that you've learned that helps you i guess poetry must be must be one thing
1: Joining other people's streams, watching and chatting has become, but much, you know, way before I started streaming. Just finding someone that you can chat to, oftentimes a complete stranger. The amount of friends I've made from doing that, I found that's a very positive thing to do. Is just to go on Twitch and just choose a category of something you don't normally do. You know, it would be just chatting, or art, or crafts, or something, you know just chat to people and just sometimes sometimes not chat sometimes just listen and stuff Where you know i don't know i found yeah the non-streaming side of twitch to be just as helpful as the streaming side when it comes to to helping the mental health goblins the mind goblins
0: (laughs) the mind goblins yeah i agree it can be it can be very therapeutic just sitting there in a stream and Maybe it's maybe it's the tone of someone's voice, or maybe it's the game they're playing, or maybe it's the conversation that they're having with the 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 chat can be be very soothing, I guess, and help you kind of get out of your your mind that might be talking to you in negative ways and helping you to kind of find yourself in a more positive space, let's say.
1: Yeah, very much so, and I like to like. I mentioned him a few times, but Richie's stream was the first stream I ever felt like I was a part of their community. And it was just having someone that, especially during most of lockdown, I could put on during the day as I'm doing my tasks or, you know, chores, or even if I'm not able to do them, hear a familiar voice, sometimes chat, sometimes not, you know, it just, it it very much reminded me of hanging out with mates, Mm. which I think is very important in a time when you can't just hang out with mates is to you have to recreate those feelings however you can whether it be having a chat on discord whilst watching a film just so it's like you're watching a film together you know
0: yeah and it because richie's all also very open about kind of everything that he's going through on a day-to-day basis in terms of how how he's doing and yeah I feel like there's there's definitely a common ground there between you two in terms of just like how open and honest you are and how kind of, I guess you can help each other out and in moments like that, where you can kind of help each other through it, just through just through that, having that conversation in Discord or in-
1: oh, I, I, I hope so. I mean, he's he's such a lovely person. If I can help him anyway, I definitely will. And, and likewise with, with anyone as well. People, you know, I've said to on the stream, you know, join the discord if you if you ever feel like you just need to chat i'm i'm here i'm more than happy to to be an ear to be a shoulder if you just need a wall to vent at you know i'm quite a big lad i can be a wall too you know <laughs> <laughs> it's...
0: yeah i think it's it's whenever i've been in your stream it's very it's very nice and calming and very welcoming as well i would say You've got, you got a particular tone in your voice, which just kind of relaxes, relaxes me, I
1: think. Oh, that's really nice to hear. I always think I sound like a monotone robot, but that's nice to hear. <laughs> people must like it because I've been paid to read poetry and stuff, but you always your own worst critics.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we're all guilty of saying we're, prob- we're probably harsher to ourselves than to any other people we'll we are guilty of saying negative things to ourselves um i think trying to rewrite the script a little bit is really important i i for one try and i i listened through some positive affirmations every morning to try and change that script and um just by doing that i think over time it really does help definitely so, it does yeah um has has any of this come out in any other kind of negative ways for you i mean i i imagine it's is really quite difficult to deal with most of the time so do you find your ways kind of reacting to situations or dealing with things in a in a way which you regret afterwards
1: i mean yeah probably the most negative ways i deal with one especially with uh, the anxiety and the ptsd my um my ability to judge when I'm being attacked is not accurate. Hmm. Someone might say something in a slightly louder tone of voice for no other reason than it's a you know, a tone away the higher. My slightly warped head just goes, right, they're attacking you, they're, <laughs> they're all defences up, all adrenaline rush. You know, yeah, you know, flight or fight or freeze or appease comes into play. And um, so, yeah, I, I always regret the times when, if I was to able to step back and, and look at it from a, a non-overly emotional place, I would, I would see that they've just said something ordinary. That I hate it when I respond in a. Ultra defensive way, of course that makes me feel a bit shit. Of any the other negative habits, are I smoke and drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't get rid of all of those bad habits, can you? <laughs> One at a time, maybe.
1: And yeah, it's, it's not like you know. Um, it's even my therapist admitted it. It's very hard to, if you if you smoke as a way to deal with when you're feeling anxious or stressed. There's very few like mantras or exercises that are as effective as lighting a cigarette. <laughs> it's, just, it's such an immediate aid, but it's then not helpful because, you know, it's it's smoking, it's going to be killing you, it's, but it's, yeah, It's I do still have negative habits, I'd like to be able to drop them, but I feel like I need my vices at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes they are important. She so you say you got a lot. You got a lot to get through, and um, there are sometimes these things help. one, one step at a time.
1: Definitely. Another positive thing I do to help is I walk a lot uh, or cycle. I'm always, uh, if I can be, and it's weather. Well, even when the weather's not permitting, I'm often outside. So I find just just moving and being not uh, not inside is a real mind freer and stress reliever i'm fortunate not to live quite near a canal so i just especially during lockdown when exercise is the only thing you're really allowed out for finish stream have some food and go for a walk
0: yeah i think that <laughs> the, the time you stream is is um allows you to do that i i find a lot of streamers will be streaming up until gone bedtime so <laughs> I think that's a really important thing for us all to consider, making sure that we get out every day, even if we are like, I don't know, playing video games for a long time or whatever it might be, working for a long time, trying to get out of that space that you've kind of stuck in for the last, I don't know how long it's been now, 12 months, (laughs) at least for a 10 minute walk every day, I think it's very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this last year has been a really long decade. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah do you, um just thinking that you mentioned like the therapist the therapy has helped you a lot um i um and initially that was through a therapist now you kind of do that yourself um yeah, so- at home every day do do you have or did you have Anyone else you could talk to about this? Or is it purely your, your therapist?
1: Um, yes, yeah, so I, I talked to you know close friends and family when I was able to. Um, initially, it was just a therapist I could really speak to. Um, but yeah, over time, we were able to, to branch out to close friends and family.
0: And Did you find that, that helped you? Does that help you in certain situations?
1: It's not something you always want to talk about, but once it's out there even if it's something you never mention again the fact that it's been said is often like a weights lifted
0: yeah i can imagine
1: it's something you don't have to worry about it slipping out or something like that and in that sense it's a great weight off
0: is it is it one of those things that you build a new close relationship is it something that you feel like oh I'm going to have to tell this person at some point soon is it is it something that is always um, going to come out
1: i think it's something that will probably that's a hard one to answer because i've not been able to meet anyone new actually meet anyone new yeah
0: <laughs> irl
1: you know pandemic but i think it probably will be something that if someone's going to become a close friend it's it's something i'd rather than know about early doors than find out after a few months and go oh i don't actually want to be around this person you know because <laughs> <laughs> even though it's something that's happened to me it's something that does make other people very uncomfortable as well and I, I i fully acknowledge that i'm aware of that i don't you know
0: i think i mean for me any any feeling of i don't i, don't, I wouldn't say uncomfortable at all it's just it's it's one of those things that you're like oh my good, oh my goodness how can i how can i what can i say in this situation to kind of make you understand that it's it's okay and it's it's an experience that you've been through yes but it's it's not kind of defining you and it's it's it it, it, it's it's okay but i don't i can't imagine anyone ever saying oh I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want to hang around with you because this has happened to you. I think this must no. be something in your head. Um, Probably
1: pretty much in my head because, that, like you, you saying it back to me, does sound a little silly. But it's, you know, it's in my own head. It's it's that fear of if I tell someone, they're going to just reject me or yeah. push me away. When, like you say, the likelihood is that will never happen, and people are just going to, you know. Responding how they will but it's especially with, with with what I went through it's one of the hardest things to get rid of is the feelings of shame
0: right yeah yeah yeah
1: and that and that does boil over to any time it's brought up you rent it's you tend to attack yourself most when you're feeling shame so you do feel that this thing which causes you to feel so badly surely other people are going to react badly because you react badly. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't the case at all. If someone told me what happened to me, it happened to them, I'd respond with warmth and kindness and and sympathy and empathy. Yeah, when I, I tell myself that, or, you know, I know it, but in the moment you still get those, that snap feelings of what if, for what you know for, for no reason but it is just your the mind goblins just throwing rocks at you yeah
0: yeah i think that's understandable absolutely well i think um i'm i'm very grateful for everything that you've shared today um is there is there anything that we might have missed out on
1: i, don't know, I suppose just um i am still a new streamer so maybe if people are interested, at the moment streaming mostly Brawlhalla, um, Monster Hunter World, and that's basically it at the moment. <laughs> I've done like some of the Soulsborn stuff, like challenging games, but yeah, at the moment really, really feeling the multiplayers with, with people online as it's as it's fun. So I don't really you know. Yes, yeah, maybe some, I'm terrible at self-promotion. <laughs>
0: you know? Well, guys, you should definitely check out sam the bard on twitch um very is a great stream because not only do you play video games with viewers but you also entertain through your poetry and through your juggling and you've got the soothing voice yeah it's uh oh. i would highly recommend it there will be links in description, so um you, yeah. you can easily find sam no matter um yeah. no matter how you're watching or listening
1: brand advantages of it being my stage name and real name means it is very unlikely for someone else to have it
0: <laughs> just google it it'll be top of the list it's fine uh, one one question i do like to f- finish up with is kind of asking um how you're feeling now at, how, how do you feel in yourself compared to kind of where you were at your lowest point and in, in time
1: I'm feeling the closest I've felt to my old self in a in a long while. And I feel like I'm getting closer to that every day, really. So I'm always on the up. But from, from my perspective, from, just speaking for me, the bottom was fairly recent and it still feels relatively close <laughs> in some ways. You know, I still feel like I've got a long way to go. But it's, I'd, I'd say it, on the whole feeling good.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that, yeah. I think it's it's always a risk that it's easy to slip, let's say. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm sending you positive vibes and um, really hoping that you kind of make the progression that that you've been or continue with the progression that you've been achieving over the last few, I guess, weeks, months.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really want to continue streaming. It feels like something I can see myself doing as a job job you know when, you know when if, if i if i get the poor the people that you know people want to see me doing that and, and it's something that i could actually do do then it feels awesome I, I i do i do feel more and more at home every stream chatting to people being open and what i've got from joining people's streams and stream myself i really want to help spread i want people to to come in and feel safe know it's a safe place be able to express themselves and you know know that they're included and not judged so i think if it's something that something i want to keep doing and assuming it keeps vibing with people i hope to be doing it for as long as i can really
0: great well that was a that was an awesome sales pitch so write that one down
1: <laughs> already forgotten <laughs> <laughs> Terrible.
0: lucky we're recording I- this
1: my memory
0: is shocking <laughs> okay awesome um so final question for me today sam and everyone loves this one because it and i love it because it gets people thinking in a different way and revealing a little bit more about themselves and that is if you were a character from a video game who would you be and why
1: okay, you actually put that question in those sort of pre-questions to think about and yeah I did but the only one i didn't think about <laughs> it's I
0: spontaneous
1: be... yeah from just spontaneous raziel was the character that come to mind um legacy of kane soul reaver
0: yes, yes oh wow this is
1: a fan symbol there I'm not sure where the camera is but yeah my second tattoo see it there
0: i yeah. i struggled. i never completed that game i struggled with it
1: oh good so good um one of the things that stuck with me from the earliest memories of that game, which is why I got the tattoo, is um, him saying that when presented with two choices, uh, the heads or the tails, he chose to be the edge of the coin and forged his own destiny. And I kind of always, always that always resonated, you know. That's nice. And I actually got my very first tattoo was is an OM to represent the First words spoken by man, but stylized in the legacy of Kane style.
0: Hmm. Wow. So we didn't mention that earlier when we were talking video games, but obviously that's uh, that's a big one for you.
1: Oh, yeah. I've also got a Vivi from Final Fantasy nine yet to be colored in up there. You know you can you really see well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of my tattoos are nerdy. I've got, three, I've got three green lantern tattoos on my right leg. And then I've got a, a giant Iron Maiden one down my side here. Fear of a dark album cover. But I probably shouldn't
0: take my top off on this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sam. It's been a, it's been amazing chatting to you. I am f- supremely grateful that you were um, willing and able to share your story with us and everything that you've been through and you've learned. And hopefully a lot of people will take inspiration from this because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in a position that you were in four or five years ago who have not yet um realized or recognized something that that they've gone through um so thank you so much for sharing it's been it's been a really good conversation and i really appreciate you coming and sharing with, with us on the podcast
1: you're, you're very welcome Dan. it's been my absolute pleasure lovely talking to you too and talk, we'll talk again soon on stream off stream
0: absolutely well i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and um As always, make your choices.
1: Yes, man, make your choices. Peace and love, everyone.
0: Peace and love.